We are here. We are here. I'm excited in the seat. You gotta understand. I'm excited on a whole nother level because I've been on a five-day vacation. Be Visuals has been on a five-day vacation as well. I'm talking about your boy being working on himself. That's right with his queen. Doing everything I need to do to get where I need to be. But that's neither here nor there. We are here. We are here. We are here with yet another episode of the one and only John Ojo, we say unselfish behavior podcast we have a very 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 special guest today in the building he goes by the name of john ojo welcome to the show my brother thank you you know what i'm saying welcome to the show appreciate it now john ojo starting off we always like to say this is a guest-based podcast right so we like to have guests on come on Mm -hmm. inspire people through their testimony through their stories through their perspectives of life so this interview is going to take a lot of different angles but before we get into anything um this conversation rather uh, we want to ask you, what do you stand for? What are you about? Who are you? What do you do? Just for the people who don't know you, right? Go ahead, give them a little context. <clears throat> All right. So like my man King said, King Q said, uh, John Ojo, uh, I have a brand called Little Africa. It's been in operation for a solid year now. Uh, I also do wholesale distribution. I have a company called By Any Means Distribution where I represent uh, six clothing brands and uh, pretty much get them into boutiques, different retail spaces, online shops. Uh, and ultimately, I'm just like, I'm just a young entrepreneur based out of LA, just really trying to make it happen. Uh, I'm really trying to make it happen in regards to the desires and the passions that I like. So, fashion is one of them. Uh, having to get the gab and relationship building is another one. So, that's what correlates to the wholesale opportunities that I create for other brands. But Ultimately, I'm just about work, man. Love putting it. in the work, man. Love it, love yeah. it. It's funny because that was like the 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 main topic that we spoke about on the phone when we first had a conversation. You spoke a lot about the work, which we'll get into. But obviously, I want you to get into more context about what Little Africa is. What does that stand for? How did you come up with the idea? How long has it been into play? Uh, so it's been around for a solid year now. I literally just hit my one year mark. Congrats. I launched the brand. Yeah, congrats, I appreciate you. Yeah, I launched the brand last year, May fifth. Okay. So single day mile is my anniversary yeah anniversary I love it. yeah so yes, sir. this year may 5th it was one year for me and uh the brand little africa is literally an acronym for los angeles okay so little africa yes sir la, LA. come on now yeah so uh for me born and raised in la all 29 years i grew up on the east side in huntington park so okay. one thing about la is a cultural melting pot yeah. you know on the east side of la you have uh predominantly hispanic culture yes, sir. so for the song boy heights you go right. further up uh in LA as well, there's pockets of the city that encompass that culture and what that culture represents. Mm-hmm. So you have little Ethiopia, little Tokyo, little mm-hmm. Armenia, yeah. uh, uh, Chinatown. Yeah. You know, you have these yeah. pockets in LA. For us, it would be the Crenshaw area, I would assume. Right, would Lamert be, Park. Yeah, Lamert Park yeah. would be our hub. Yeah. And in those hubs, you have everything that correlates to that culture, whether it's food, fashion, music, literature. Uh, home goods, you know, toiletries, whatever yes, the situation sir. is. Yes, sir. So for me, creating Little Africa, uh, being born and raised in L.A., but being first-generation Nigerian-American, I always had a duality between being in South Central L.A., but also my father being from Nigeria. I, I'd be in L.A. in a Nigerian culture, though. Mm. The church I would go to, the kids I would play with. You know, his friends, his relations, mm. you know, my father speaks Europe, but he speaks two languages. So gotcha. I grew up in a dual dual house, dual language household as yes, well, sir. too. So yes, sir. Uh, for me, what Little Africa is, is just encompassing my upbringing, mm-hmm. but through the perspective of the South Central lens. Because I haven't had the opportunity to go to Nigeria yet. Fingers mm-hmm. crossed next year, I'll go. be out there with my dad. But uh, it's literally just telling what L.A. is to me. 
mm-hmm. uh, through my perspective growing up, first generation Nigerian American, but also showing the similarities between Nigeria and Western culture in regards mm-hmm. to black culture. Mm-hmm. It all comes together. So like mm-hmm. Afrobeat, are you familiar with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Of so like my father growing up, he used to play a lot of Fela Kunta. So like Fela Kunta is like, you know, that's like the god of Afrobeat. Big time. So huh? like Fela Kunta is just as influential as a James Brown. Got you. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Culturally, they're two dip. They're on two different spectrums. Of but at the end of the day, what they represent for Nigerian Americans or Nigerians, African Americans, it all correlates. So with Little Africa, that's what I'm here to do: show the correlation between cultures through the perspective of my upbringing. How important is it for you to give your your own personal perspective of the city of L.A.? Because I think that L.A. has a lot of different um, judgments and perspectives mm-hmm. that come with it. We spoke briefly about just us not even really feeling like people north of the 405 is even part of LA. You from South Central, born and raised. What are some things that you've experienced in being born and raised in LA in regards to like you, like how how influential, here's the question, how, how much did LA culture have to do with you actually putting together a brand that, that, that gives LA um, uh, its perspective? So I, I guess you're trying, to, you're trying to give LA a perspective through your lens. I'm asking, how did your influence through you being born and raised in LA, how did that have to to do with you starting your brand at all? Does that make sense? No, I'm trying to tough. word the question, but basically your the acronym, the, well, the words Little Africa, it, it's obviously LA is in that. You being born and raised in LA, how did being born and raised in LA, how did that influence you wanting to start a brand that represents LA? That's the question. So, you know, I don't want to get all like, I don't want to get all sad, but it's just like nip, you know, you think about a nip, bro. Or you think about, so for me, man, 16 years old, like I spent a lot of time like on Fairfax, Melrose, La Brea and shit, you know what I'm saying? Like going to the stores and those stores, what they do, the brand owners of those stores, they are not necessarily from Los Angeles, but what they do is they set up shop in LA Mm. and they, they take certain skews from LA culture, whether it be gang culture, whether it be the hip hop scene, whatever it is. And they encompass that into their clothing brand. I see. So in a sense, they kind of appropriate a LA culture through their lens. Right. So it's like for me, and they're not even from the city. They're not even from the city. That's crazy. I never thought about that. Born and raised. That's real. But in context, you think about a nip. Right. Crenshaw. Yeah. He is from the, he, from the city. He is the city. There we go. I see where you're going. And the synergy behind his brand represents exactly who he is, where he grew up, and everything he's looking to move mm-hmm. to do moving forward. The marathon continues. Right, right, right. So when you think about my brand, Little Africa, mm-hmm. it's it's like, you know, Nike, just do it. Mm. Crenshaw, the marathon continues. Yeah. Little Africa, Soul Made Global. Mm. So the Soul Made Global aspect of that is me showing the versatility of the, like, Africa is the biggest continent on the globe. Right. Black people, we're infectious wherever we go. Our culture, no matter where we go, like I literally just came back from Japan, black culture is everywhere out there. It's literally. everything That's out crazy, there. bro. You know what I'm saying? So it's like we're global people. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like think about what, what Crenshaw did in the grand scheme of things. And, you know, after his demise, mm-hmm. you see the reception it has, how many people it brought mm-hmm. to the store. Right. We're global. We're infectious yeah. everywhere we go. So L.A. is just like that, too. L.A. is right. a city that is known all over the world. That's real. Wherever, That's it, real. No matter where you go in the world. You see it, a Laker jersey every damn where you go. You know what planet. I'm saying? That's like, real. That's fast. If you go anywhere in the world and you're like, yeah, I, I'm out here from L.A., people will light up. Oh, my Yo, God. I'm like, telling what? You, I'm sure you've experienced New York, as well. Bro. Shit, just simply New York. Man, that's local. That's in the States. You know what I'm saying? Went out there, bro, this past August. 
six days. And bro, right when I said I was from LA, right? Obviously I'm a spoken word artist. I mentioned that earlier, but bro, I go out there to perform. Right when I say I'm from LA, bro, the crowd go, wow. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you absolutely right. I can only imagine on a more global scale you know, just just the the, the the facade that L.A. holds. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's very important for us to be able to tell our own truths and our exactly. own stories through our art, through our testimony, through our brands. Right. And I think that's what it's all about for me. So especially being local boys, too. Absolutely. Because it's absolutely. like you said, south of the 10. Like I feel anybody living south of the 10, you're the backbone of anything north of the 10. Say that one more time because they may combat you for that. Yeah, you know And what I'm, I'm actually in agreement with my main man, so I need you to say that one more time. So like south of the 10, we're the backbone of anything north of the 10. That's right. So, you know, me growing up in uh, Huntington Park, that's predominantly Hispanic culture. Uh, the way you see Hispanics in LA work mm. and the jobs that they take on, they're the jobs that you know the average person nobody not, wants to no do. one wants to do you know what i mean like, yeah and it's the same thing for like you know blacks in a sense like we we take on those certain jobs yeah. those security jobs those ups yeah. usps yeah, trash right? man trash man yeah, you know man, what i'm saying that, yeah we do those jobs and those are the things that keep the city running you yeah. know what i'm saying and it's like without us what will la be what will hollywood be that's so funny when you say that i think about the movie titanic and they yeah. have that scene where all the cats is down there with yeah. the fire and, and shoveling, shoveling that coal. shit. And exactly. then layers up. You see all the rich folks yeah, up there man. having the benefits and, and, and enjoying the luxuries of their hard work. Mm -hmm. So they're the backbone. I love that. I want to talk about family, though. And, and families are always, always an interesting topic for me because when I first started my journey, I got a lot of negative feedback from my family. Mm. And, and, and what that showed me was actually good it, it inspired me to keep going because once my family and my mom's and i got great great folks man that support me and my family so i don't ever want to yeah you know i'm saying like i'm bashing my family but i'm just speaking truth when i first started my journey i got a, a lot of negative feedback from my family about why would you quit your nine to five job to go and be a full-time influencer mm -hmm. um and they didn't understand uh, the, the the overall mission, and it's not their job to, mm -hmm. but I want to ask you, uh, how important is it to have immediate family? I'm talking about mom, dad, sisters, brothers, supporting what you do, or is it important at all? You know, so my mom's side is a lot, like my mom, born and raised South Central LA her whole life. Unfortunately, she passed in 03. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, but she also grew up very, she didn't have a solid family unit, grew up in like foster care, yes, so forth so on. And my father being from Nigeria, you know, he came out here in 85. So, like, he didn't have his mom and dad grew up with his grandparents type situation. So, it's like no, neither my mom or dad really came from a solid family unit. Gotcha. So, I feel like, um, you know, generational curses and shit like mm -hmm. that. I feel like certain things subconsciously play into how you raise your kids if you yeah. didn't have that. Yeah. So, like, I had family growing up. But it wasn't to the point where, you know, we're doing family reunions yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So, it's just like... For me, you know, being 29 now, family family is important, yeah. but it doesn't necessarily determine my work ethic. Like, I got to get it just because I got to get it. Got like, you. you know what I mean? Like, got you. And all my siblings are all doing their own thing. So it's literally like we're just kind of, you know, we're all doing our own thing. But in the grand scheme of things, family is the thing that's propelling me to keep, keep doing what I'm doing because I know as I continue to move forward, I want to be able to establish a solid foundation for my own family. Mm, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So it's more so a longing of what I don't have that's keeping me going yeah. in regards to yeah. a family sense because yeah. yeah. I'm not getting that from my core family, you know? And Got it's all you. good because it is what it is. Absolutely. Right? You know? now, now, John, I'm super big on... P 
people have to have a very strong why for what they for for why they do what they do. Uh, and if you don't, then I'm one to believe that it's very easy to get you off course and unfocused or discouraged on your mission. Right. Talk to me a little bit about how important is it to I want to know one two part question. What is your why? Why do you do what you do? What keeps you going? What makes you want to work so hard? Is it is it legacy? Is it whatever the case may be? Right. And, and also who instilled those qualities in you? To, to have that type of work ethic. I know we spoke about it briefly on the phone when we first spoke. The work ethic, I want you to touch on that and I want you to also talk about your why. Why, why do you do what you do? Well, I definitely do what I do. Just being from the city, you don't really get too much representation. Like even for you, I'm sure. Yeah. Like was there an interviewer or you know someone Growing up, that you no. like, like a yeah. Johnny Carson, you know, we got like, I see what you're saying. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. was that was did you have a Johnny Carson growing up where he's mm. like, man, I'm trying to be like that when I grow mm. up, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That looked like you though. Did you yeah. really have that? No, we you didn't know, had that in the inner city. So it's just like for us, like, yeah, we had people who were, you know, fashion designers and whatnot like that, but they weren't tangible, they yep. weren't really touchable, people, they, they felt so far, they felt away, so far away, yeah. yo. Yeah. And honestly, the information that they had to do what they did didn't even seem like something we could really come that's into. That's facts. That's you know? real. Like, so it's just like, I, I have conversations like that with the homies now. It's like, yo, look at us. Like, we're just making clothes now. Yeah. Yo, if we were like 18 years old back in the days, it would have been like, yo, how do I even start how that? Do I, yeah, that's real. You know, now it's like, well, we find ourselves doing what, what it is that we're doing just to be doing it. And it's right. dope. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. But uh, the why for me, man, is just representation. I love like, it. You know what I'm saying? I just I want it. people to be able to know, you know, me, no college degree. Yeah. Barely graduated high school. Like, I had to do the whole night school shit yeah. and all that, yeah, yo, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Summer school, all type shit. Yep. So it's like, yo, like, you don't necessarily have to have it all figured out when you're, you know, 17, 18 years old. But if you know there's something that you truly have a desire or passion for, yeah. find a way to hone that craft, put your time into it. Yeah. You know, get your network up because a lot of this comes with network. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, you know, we were discussing prior to Aaron, like, you know, the relationships you were able to build, 11 year long relationships Absolutely. you were able to build to get you to where you're at Absolutely. now. And it's like, without that relationship, yeah, you would have been able to make it happen, but I wouldn't be right here. I wouldn't right be, now. you know what I'm Facts. saying? So it's just like meeting people is important. And I feel like that's the skill people don't really focus on. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You mm -hmm. have to be, you got to be a chameleon. In a yeah. lot of situations, to know yeah. how to conversate with people who may not come from where you're coming, just to get the common goal. There done. we go. I you love know what that. I'm saying? I love that. That's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about podcasting now. And I've always been a conversationalist. I've always been somebody that's interested in other perspectives. But I'm not gonna lie. A few years back, I wasn't the type of person to have a conversation with somebody who had a different perspective. Um, of me, mm -hmm. right? So whether it was belief system, whether it was political view, whether it was sexual preference, mm -hmm. I'm just keeping it 100 with you. Probably about three, four years ago, I wouldn't have been able to be where I'm at right now and be able to literally speak to people from all walks mm -hmm. of life. And I realized, bro, it's it's so important to give people the platform to share their perspective and to share their stories. We spoke about it from an NBA level before we aired as well, and and them putting together different platforms so where they're able to voice who they are themselves. Yep. And I think we live in a world to where it's very easy to look at people and to judge them based off how they look, I'll how talk. they talk, how they dress, how I'll they talk. act. And it's like, no, you don't know that man. You don't know that woman. You don't know their story. You don't know what they've sacrificed. You don't know if they've sacrificed, so on and so forth. So I think these platforms are very important. I want to touch on something that, that we also briefly spoke about before we aired. And, and that was the importance and the influence of your father. Yeah. Right. I know that he had a lot to do with the man that you are today. And I think that we don't have enough young black men 
especially young black entrepreneurs who share that side of the story, it's very important to be able to share, yo, a black man molded me mm -hmm. and shaped me and instilled positive values in me. I don't think we hear enough of no, that. No, we don't. Jump into that for a, a little bit for me in regards to your father and his influence on, who, on the man you are today. Well, you know, when you think about my, when I think about my pops, so like, let's keep it real, you know, Nigeria is a third world country. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? My dad was born in what, 51, 52? Yeah. So it's like, yo, fit, like, yeah. Nigeria was got independence in like 61. Yeah. So like, you know, my dad lived 10 years of his life under rulership, mm. like I, I believe British colonialism at the time. Yeah. And uh, man, I hope I don't, Shoot myself in the foot, you know, dropping knowledge like that. And it's you like, good shit. Niggas do their Googles. Man, like, oh, like. Solid. <laughs> niggas better not be Googling my boy John Ojo, nigga. But nah, so yeah, check it. Straight. So it's just like, I think about what my dad did to come to America. Like, okay, he came out here in 85, he was in his 30s. Yeah. Like, I'm about to be 30 next year. So it's just like, yo, to have that type of mindset, you leave a place you're familiar with, third world country, you don't know anybody out here who could just put right. you up. Right. You know what I'm saying? The type of, uh, courage that that takes to just do that. Yeah, you know. And at the time yeah. when he did that, he already had two kids in Nigeria, my older brother and sister. Yeah. So he came out here, met my mom, had me and my brother. Mm -hmm. But to be able to establish a foundation for himself out here, and then also bring his own kids out mm -hmm. here and have them in that foundation, mm -hmm. to me, it's like, yo, my father is the first entrepreneur I've ever met, mm -hmm. because it's like it takes a certain type of willpower to just get up, jump mm -hmm. ship. And figure it out somewhere yeah. else, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's like seeing that and knowing that. And at the end of the day, my last name wouldn't be Ojo if it wasn't for my father. Go. You know what Dope I'm saying? Dope last name, by the way. Appreciate you that. Know, I so gotta make sure I show love. <laughs> I appreciate that. You know. So it's like for me, yo, like I wouldn't have the opportunity to have a brand called Little Africa right. if it wasn't for my for father. Perhaps. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like he's very important. He's very influential in, the, in regards to what I'm doing. And just honestly, man, you know. He's in his late 60s now, and like he still has the same work ethic. A lot of the shit he told me as a kid still embedded into my, you know, my subconscious to this day. Like, you know, get a good job because you like nice things. You got to be able to afford nice things. You got to work for it. Uh, you know, never put yourself in a position where you're dependent on anybody. Yeah. Get it done yourself. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Never rely on the help or the assistance of anyone to get what it is that you need to get work, done. Put that work in. Put the so work in. So your work ethic came from Pops. Yeah, you know. Directly from Pops. I mean, I've seen my dad take major L's in his life, lose good county jobs, bounce back, but never went out looking sad, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Never just like shit out on his luck and just, you know, coming home, taking it out on us, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, just I'm big on that. You know what I'm saying? I'm big on that. Understanding what an L is and it's mm -hmm. a lesson and not a loss. Mm -hmm. um, people run from 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 taking L's, mm -hmm. people run from failure, and they don't understand that's the molding process. Yeah, bro. And so for me, that perspective didn't come to me, bro. Keeping it one hundred, until two years ago when I was homeless, bro. I was homeless half of 2017 and all of 2018, Damn. beginning to end. And that right there was so needed for me. Hmm. It was so needed for me. I wasn't this version of myself before the homelessness. Yeah. So. When I was homeless, it taught me perspective. It taught me faith on a whole nother level. Like you think you got faith. There's so many people out here that's talking about they got faith just because they clap their hands on Sundays. No, sir. Mm -hmm. What have you been through? Uh, how, have your, how have your faith been tested? Yeah. You can't say you have faith if you've never been tested. You can't say you have faith if you're constantly running from discomfort. And so for me, it's very important, bro, to just embrace the L's. Yeah. Like for me, that was an L. That was my rock bottom, literally. But it wasn't a loss. It was a lesson. And I embraced it in order to become this version of me how important is it for you and i want you to kind of go a little deep now i want you to kind of 
you know, experience some transparency in your story and allowing people to just kind of see what's be, what's under it on a just on a deeper level. Talk a little bit about your losses. Talk about adversity that you've had to go through. Talk about the sacrifices that it's taken. You talked a lot about your dad taking L's and coming back and failing again and bounce back. Like, how important is that process for you? And talk about some yeah. personal testimony to where you've experienced it yourself. You know, you just spoke on discomfort and like this year, like, you know, I'm all about work. So that means yes, I like sir. having a job. Too. Yes, sir. You get what yes, I'm saying? Sir. So talk it's about like, it. Talk about it. Uh, I was working with a company earlier this year in June. They let me go. So it's like I was with that company two and a half years, salary, you right. know, shit's solid. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? But it's like once they let me go, it's like that uncomfortable, yeah. you know, space. Like it's hard to get into that, but honestly, it's one of the most refining times of like yourself and self development. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you about to, what you what you made of? Yeah, That's that it's moment really right gonna there. test you. Yeah, you know what, what I'm you saying? Made of. Like, so it's just like, how you gonna you gonna let that L turn into a loss or a lesson? That's right. You feel me? So it's just like. Uh, earlier this year, my job let me go. So that's honestly what kind of forced me more so into just really being my own entrepreneur. Yeah. And it's like as I'm getting older too, I'm I'm realizing you know, you know our parents or relatives back in the days they didn't really have any choice when it came to employment. Facts. They had to work. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like we really have, you know, the world is our oyster at Absolutely. this point, bro. We can really Absolutely. find ourselves getting into anything that we want. So for me right now. My uncomfortable space that I'm in right now is me figuring out how to be my own true entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And that came through the adversity of me losing my job. But even yeah. further than that, it's like, um, you know, like growing up, L.A., you know, L.A. schools, Come bro. On Come so on, it's man. like I went to, man, I went to Warren Lane. I went to Highland. I went to Kelso. Shit, man. So it's like, oh, you went to Kelso? Yeah, huh? I went to Kelso. I work at Kelso, big guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, bro, let me keep it real. Like when I was at Kelso, right? So like, I used to go to school in Westwood. Moms used to bust us out. Yeah. And uh, and that's another thing too. Parents, I'll tell you this: never keep your kids from experiencing other like other kids that don't come from where they come from. There we go. Because that's there we go. Those moments of like your child's early adolescence when they're around unfamiliarity is what shapes them and gives them more an idea there we go. of what they could be as they get older. Allow like, your kids to be uncomfortable. Yeah, be uncomfortable, yeah. yo. Like I was getting, but I was living in Huntington Park getting bust out to Westwood. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So I'm going to school with Jewish kids, Asian kids, yeah. all type of kids. Yeah. You know what I'm there saying? There we go. But it's like those early years really helped mold me in regards to like, yo, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. You get what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. Like, it's like, it's a, it broadens, it broadens your spectrum, your, bro. Yeah, it broadens Absolutely. your spectrum. Yes, so it's sir. like, I personally feel you should give your kids that early on so that as they're coming into themselves junior high, high school, you could put them back into maybe more of like a public school that's around where you grow up go. so they could have that balance. Yeah. Because it, it's taking it back to being able to know how to throw yourself into different settings mm -hmm. and how to articulate yourself. You don't learn that from being around like-minded individuals. Facts. You gotta get around there people, you know? You gotta get around people who don't yes, come from where you come from, yes, to, sir. you know? To really understand how to maneuver yourself. Yes, sir. All right, but as I digress, uh, LA schools, yo, like, so like, for me, elementary was tough because like niggas was in like special ed classes and yep, shit like yep. that. Like, yeah. That shit really fucked with my confidence, self-confidence growing up mm. in regards to how much I felt I was able to do mm -hmm. and accomplish. So a lot of what I do in regards to what I'm doing now is knowing like, okay, I'm not that same kid I was when I was like seven, eight years old. Getting, You're not that person. Yeah, anymore. getting called retarded and shit like that. You know, like kids yeah. would be kids. You, yeah. Don't, yeah. you don't know no better and shit. That's real. But uh, yeah, man, just knowing like, you feel me? Like 
Like, you don't have to have this grandioso degree or all the money in the world to really figure out a hustle and find your way into that and really hone on that craft. And another adversity, too, is like after high school, I spent like four or five years in this church experience that really kept me from looking at the things that I naturally gravitated towards because I would put a label on it as worldly or I can't partake in that because it's not of God. And if you don't mind me asking, what, what was the what was the church? What it was, was a church of God in Christ. Okay, and what was the experience? You know, to be honest, yo, like... See, I'm going there. You yeah, see, yeah, I'm that yeah. type of cat. I got to, nah, you know, so talk to me about it. that. Like, the experience coming into it because you're just wide-eyed, yeah. at, you know, just, you just want, you just there because you... You're searching. You're searching. You know what I'm saying? I was going through a transition, like, after high school, no one wasn't going to college, big weed smoker, just kind of, like, bullshitting. You know what I'm saying? They really know what I was getting myself into. So um, the experience started off really well, but it's not up until you realize what it is that you're in and the conditioning methods that go into keeping people in a repetitive cycle of dependency, Mm -hmm. not really self-reliance, you know? Yeah. Uh, It's not up until, you know, that blinder is off. That you really see, like, yo, I've been doing the same shit for four fucking years, and I've gotten nowhere. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm over here praising God and this, that, and the other. But it's like, life-wise, let me do a life check. How much have I progressed from the boy I that I was when I came in here into where I'm at now? Not much progress. Gotcha. Yeah, I know some Bible scriptures. I could, gotcha. You know what I'm saying? I could lead some friends into church and stuff like that. But it's just like... Me, myself, what am I coming into? I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? So how important, because when you said that, I just thought about the school analogy that you gave earlier in regards to you having, uh, allowing your kids to go through different experiences in schools. How important is it to now as an adult, as a 29-year-old man, to have different experiences within religions and perspectives of God and universal law? It's crazy, bro. Like for me, dude, so spiritual, spiritualism is something that I've really... I feel like us as blacks, we all we always have a sense of spiritualism because it's just like the black church is a whole thing. Yes, and sir. We, and at some point in our lives, we've been around it. Right. But uh, in regards to understanding what it is on a bigger scale, in regards to self, I've been like this year, man, my big bro, because I I'm, I read a lot too. And when it comes to like you know books in regards to the civil rights time and whatnot like that, a lot of the information that's been spoken on about us is a lower. Uh, yeah. Like lower base level. Oh, like, yeah. you know, we're just this, we're that, oh, we're yeah. this. It's always a negative sense. And our history usually starts with slavery. With slavery. So it's like, Absolutely. you know, how you bounce back from, you know, right. from right. being like indoctrinated Facts. like that. Right. But uh, Big Bro was just like, you know, reading something on Fred Hampton, a former uh, black, right, uh, black party, a uh, Black Panther. Yes, sir. Activist. Fred Hampton. Yes, sir. Yeah. So he was just like, after reading that, he was just like, you know, bro, I got to get away from these books because it's not really sharpening. Mm-hmm. who I know myself to be as a man. Yeah. So uh, he started more so looking in this 5%er knowledge, right? So I come from, like, Christianity. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't really subscribe to any religion now. But I do know religion, all religions have something you could take from it, Can right? Can you say that one more time? All religions have something you could take from it. They don't be trying to hear me. Yeah. I tell y'all that all the time. Y'all be judging King Q. I say, look, man, do what makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. But for me, I don't subscribe to a certain religion. And a big part of that is because I feel like there's truth in a lot of different religions. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say all, but I feel like a, the grand majority, there's just there's some level of truth in what everyone's doing. And if it's not, then you're basically saying that you're God's people. And if you're not prescribing to this church or this way of learning, then you're not of God oh. and you're not accepted. And so for me, that's what kind of drew me back from just seeing it. I'm like, okay, so if I don't go to this, if I don't go to church and if I don't subscribe to praying this way or reading this way or living this I'm specific, I'm just out. God yeah. don't care about me. Bro. And so I'm just like, man, that ain't, that ain't truth for me. That's what honestly kept 
that's what pushed me away from my church experience. Cause like they used to teach us that like, yo, if it ain't this, it's wrong. It's wrong. So I'm like, yo, how can I tell somebody? I have to get down to this. I'm like, how can I tell somebody who's lived Come on. in Saudi Arabia Come their on. whole life? A cultural. You know, they come to the States. Now the I'm visuals. Over, you know, now I'm over here talking to them like, yo, you know, everything you've been. It's wrong, is, right? Yeah. How I tell them that? Who am I that I could tell somebody that? You know what I'm saying? So that's literally what got that veil off my face. You know, off my eyes, like yo, like it's dude, not... born and raised, the Buddhist monk. Yeah, you, you going over, born and raised, every and single. I'm telling person. my man's like, yo, hey, you bro, know, you got bro, it wrong, hey, right? You know, Buddha ain't, ain't God. Right? I know that's your family's hey, faith. You know that's your, come on, like <laughs> hey, you know, you ain't supposed to be praying like that, right? You know you what I'm saying? Be, come on, bro. So I'm just like, but, but in the same breath, saying, don't judge others. Yeah. That's it's a contradiction. What, that's what, it's, it's a complete contradiction. So for me, I'm at a point now too where it's just like, yo. I'm not here to tell anybody anything That's about right. their life. I'm Facts. here for me, my phone, no more. Right. If you want to know, mm-hmm. then I'll inform you. But yeah. I'm not here to impose. Impose. Facts. Nah, We're not doing that. I can't We're not do doing that. That. Yeah. that was huge for me, bro. I'm so happy. I see. Look, you know, John Ojo. I got to let the people know, man, because I got to be real with the people. Look, John Ojo. It's my first time sitting with the brother. First Facts. time really like having a conversation Facts. with the brother. And this brother was booked by my queen. Y'all know her very well. She gets shouted out damn near every damn episode. You got to understand now. who she is. Come on. Simone, you know what I'm saying? Exclusive Slay, CEO. You got to understand that it's, it's purpose. But this is her homeboy, and she booked him. And, and, and when she booked you, I was kind of on the fence. You know, I'm like, this is the first guest, literally, in my line B visuals, this is the first guest that I've set across that I haven't booked based off one of my relationships. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm big on universal law. I'm big on alignment. I'm big on manifestation. And and literally there was a point when you said just now, I don't subscribe to any religion and I just I allow people to do them. I felt like I was looking at myself in the mirror. Wow, you're the first guest to where I felt in that moment. Oh, I'm speaking to me. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I just allow things to be now without judgment, without pressing her and saying, I ain't fucking no nigga that you know. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'll it's talk. like, damn, I'm blocking a blessing because now because you, you move ego out the way. And this is a lesson for a lot of y'all. So many people miss out on blessings and they miss out on opportunities in life because they ego blocks uh, any type of uh, success, any type of progress. So that's a huge yeah. testament as well. I wanna talk, I wanna stay on this topic a little bit longer. Give me five more minutes with it. I was born and raised in a Jehovah's Witness household. Mm-hmm. I don't have nothing against Jehovah's Witnesses at all. I've always told my mother and my family, not always, but within these past four years of me doing what, I, what I'm doing, mm-hmm. um, I, I just told them, look, I've made the decision to say, that's just not for me. Mm-hmm. That don't make it wrong. Like my brother is a baptized Jehovah's Witness, great family man. I see all of the instillments, how this works for you. I would never tell that man to stop doing that. Like, so I think a lot of people need to just understand just because people are not practicing the way you do, don't make it wrong. Don't make it wrong. Like, and, and I feel like once you what start becoming suspect to me was this, and I think this is a conversation that needs to be had because now we're talking about things, bro, to keep it one hundred that a lot of people want to talk about, but they're scared they, to yeah, talk they don't about. Don't know how to talk and, about and, it. And so I think it's very important to question anything or any organization that says only get the answers from here or this one particular person this too. one person this one pastor if you have problems go to this pastor if you have mm-hmm. marital problems go to this person if you ha- 
anything going on with you, don't go to any other outside source. If you have questions about life, universal law, creation, don't ask anybody outside of this yes, building. Yeah. And if you do, it's wrong. I have to question that mm -hmm. because now you have to even understand when you, if you come from a Christianity background, like I do as well, that what's the reason when I was growing up, bro, I didn't understand. Okay. If God is the ruler of all things, and if he's controlling the narrative and if he can see the future, why is he allowing Satan to run this world? Because when he got challenged in heaven, got you got to understand he's in front of a whole bunch of other Facts. angels getting challenged. So if God doesn't say, you know what, you think you can run the class basically? So if you I always look at it from a teacher and a student perspective and you have that one student that's always talking in class mm -hmm. and it's like, all right, Charles, so you talking a whole lot like you could run this class. Come on up here. Come run them. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't let the kid go run the class that's being disobedient, all the other kids will question, well, why are you not letting him run the class? Is he smarter than you? Uh, does he have a point? Like, he's challenging you in front of us. Is he right? Yep. So it's like, no, go ahead. Do your thing. But it's like, that's my perspective on it. It's like, do you. Like, if that's what you believe in, bro, do you. But leave me alone. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm accepting you. Yeah, that's you. what you do. Yeah. I don't want to go there. Bro, I've been to Muslim mosques. I've been to churches. I've been to uh, churches. I've been to a church before. And, and I'm able to comfortably say that without self-judgment now. Bro, four or five years ago? What? Yeah. I, I would have felt like, bro, I was uh, dying. Yeah. Like, I, nigga, what? You about to die, yeah. bro. You went to a Muslim yeah. mosque with the nation of Islam? Like, your whole... Like, what? It's like... Bro, like I used to get That's told, real. like you know, watch, don't visit other churches. You may mm. get a spirit on you. Wow, you know, don't listen to like, bro. I used to be so spooky to the point where it's like, you know, uh, around the time I think I I, I I happened to run into the Lauren Hill Unplugged, uh, she did on MTV years ago, mm -hmm. and I remember praying to God, like, can I listen to this album? getting permission to see if you can listen to you know what i'm hit. saying bro wow. thinking so deep to the point where it's just like if i listen to this album i'm going to hell something's gonna happen, something's to, me. Gonna happen to me wow you know like that's 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 breeding fear that's breeding like you know this is doc docu-series on netflix called explained and they talk about cults and the origins of cults we're watching it yeah tap in also wow 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 country remember that one too be visuals like with uh they talk about this one cult that took place in oregon i can't think of the dude's name rajma something yo but literally dude he new had, york nah uh oregon it took place in oregon i just heard an ad today on spotify about some story about some dude oh it's a podcast on spotify keep going my yeah bad, my bad my but bad. like tapping wild wild country explained those mm, two bro okay and it explains explained is really good because it breaks down cults bro and it's just like i was in a whole cult right so it's right. just like once the once the blinders are off and then you get that information after the fact it's like damn i was really in that but if someone had tried to show me that while i was in it i would have looked at them like yo you're coming straight from the devil now when you say you were in a cult was it intentionally or was it like damn i found out i was in a i cult. found out gotcha. i was in a cult now yeah. what is a cult for people that don't know so what an, a and like I would recommend anybody definitely get the definition yourself. I'm coming with my own, like yes, layman's sir. terms. Yeah. A cult, I feel personally from my own life experiences, any type of indoctrine that has you dependent on a person or a thing. 
and it gets you away from looking at self to actually do what it is you need to do for self. If you were to a point where everything you do, you need to run it by somebody else and you don't know how to figure out anything for yourself, you are truly dependent on a person or a thing. How about a group of people? Or a group of people? Um, it's a, a, a cult could be herbal life. Mm. Let's keep it real. Like mm. a, a cult could be, uh, what's that? Pan America, you know, life insurance shit. Can a church be cult? Can a church? Can a church be a cult? I personally feel it can. Yeah. Because I've I've been when I'm just speaking authentically, bro. Like for me, I'm so past like judgment. I don't give a fuck what nobody think about me, dog. I've always been one to believe that. It, even the whole Kanye shit that's going on right that's now. That's a whole. Of, it's rubbing strategic. me wrong, bro. Yeah, it's all, rubbing me that's wrong. All strategic, that shit yeah. feels cultish yeah, to me. I don't care what nobody say. Yo. But it's like once you go to a church and you start praising your pastor or your leader more than God, yeah, to yeah. me, that's like, yo, you tripping, bro. Like you see videos on YouTube and on Instagram where pastors going around slapping niggas up, yeah. throwing water on niggas. And it's like, damn, y'all give, bro, this much authority? Yeah. Like, dude, that's yeah. a whole human being. Yeah. And it's like, yo, you losing sight of what y'all even in here talking about. Like y'all like praising the pastor. Y'all yeah, praising this nigga yeah. like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. That's just me. I, nah, I, I apologize. Though, but that's y'all praising this dude like he's Jesus. Yeah, real spill. You know what I'm saying? He's here to deliver a word, but now, and I think that's an old head in Lamert Park, an old spiritual cat in front of the Barbara Morrison Center. I'll never forget it. I was throwing an event last July at the Barbara Morrison Theater, my event patio poetry and this old head was out there and he was talking to me and he stopped me and he said man you have a lot of ancestral energy over you the way you walk the way you speak just your presence you have a lot of ancestral energy around you and I said thank you my dear brother I appreciate that and he said um so we start getting into a conversation I told him what I was doing over there I told him I'm a host I'm a spoken word artist I'm a speaker the whole nine and he said I never forget his advice never get lost in the stage Remember, you were given the stage in order to share a message to the people. But if people ever start praising you, then that's a problem. Yeah, so wrong. don't lose yourself in the feedback that you get from the people because it's very easy to do that, bro. Yeah. When you're on stage and constantly feeling like you the man, you can forget the message that you're giving mm -hmm. to the people. You're, you get addicted to the attention. Mm -hmm. You get addicted to the validation from other people and you can lose sight of what you were even called to do. And I think I think same is true. We see stories all the time about pastors getting exposed for whether stealing money, oh, having sexual relations. I don't know why people treat pastors like they can't yeah. fuck up. This is a whole dude Man, with a dick. What a like, bro, are you telling me <laughs> no. this nigga don't get horny? You know what's crazy, bro? And that's kind of where- Be visuals. Don't laugh <laughs> at me, bro. I'm just saying. Like, I, my job, oh, John Ojo, my job is to say things that people nah, are afraid to say. It's You know, and that's kind of like- you know, to take it back to a Kanye, right? Yeah. I remember when Kanye was everything to yeah, me. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like right high school, you. right? Like, yeah. yo, yay, what? Everybody loved Kanye. Everybody yeah. loved yay. And it's just like, once you get to a point where you humanize people yeah. and you see them for a, like as an actual human being. That man is a human being. Like, you know, Con, I, so like, drop. I'll drop a rapper right now. So like, Benny the Butcher, you fuck with him? I ain't never heard. Oh, all right, so like Griselda you Records. Music. You gotta send me all right, I got you. But he got a he got a he got a bar. Where he's like, y'all dick ride and worship niggas like they bleed different. Mm. And it's like you know that's for anything, bro. Like that can go all all spectrums. you know yeah. like yo yeah. like these anybody I don't care who it even if it's a per, like a Jay Z for me like that's the ultimate businessman to me. But if I seen him in person, I'm not gonna like geek like, out. 
Like, it's Jay-Z. Praise, bro. Yeah. They want praise. Like, bro. I ain't going to praise on, you, bro. If anything, I'm going to hit you with the mad respect. Much That's respect. Much I see what it is you're doing. Because I'm, like, who am I to not think that I can't, you know what I'm saying? Like, you not. Why are you any different? Yeah, who is you? And I feel like a lot of that comes from, like, two, you know, immigrant parents. And also South Central energy, where it's just like, you got to size a person up. You got to see yourself as like, I'm just as better, if not better than you. Hmm. You just are in a position that I'm I'm gunning for. And everything that I've realized in life has shelf life. So anybody who's doing something where they may be the, you know, it factor for a moment, everything's got a shelf life. Think Hmm. about like what, when Gucci Man was the hottest rapper. Yeah. Look at him now. Or when Wayne was the hottest rapper, yeah. cl- certain clothing brands were just everything. Yeah. yeah, Everything's got shelf life. So it's like everybody has their moments. Everybody has their situations. I feel like I kind of went off. No, but not nah, most def. Like the whole yay and the church situation, bro. Like, yo, people are people, man. And we are not here to worship anybody. We're not here to ex- exalt anybody above the place of a human. Like, yo, you just got a work ethic that puts you That's in a certain place. You got a network of people that put you in a certain place. facts, bro. If I do those same things, if better, I'd be right there. Yeah. If not exceed. If not exceed. And so that's so real, bro. I'm, I'm glad we was able to touch on that. We've never touched on nothing like that on B Visuals. You talking about coach, you talking about like seeing people. And for me, I'm glad I was kind of able to get that out. I kind of feel a little lighter. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, like, because I've been waiting to like speak to somebody who's like minded in that. And it's like, Bro, I don't know. I be talking to my girl. Like, I don't know. Like, I ain't hating on bro. And I, I know it's not coming from a hateful space, but something ain't adding up to me. Like, he's too intelligent. He's been telling us he a genius for how fucking long. Like, he has a whole audience yeah. of people. He he understands a market. Off top. He's recognized a market of individuals that will literally give however much ain't, amount of no. money anything yeah. if you say Jesus is involved. I've seen the people that like gravitate towards what Ye is doing. Yeah. And it's funny, right? I've been like at a point now too, where it's just like, yo, I've realized like, okay, the, the man you are, bro, mm-hmm. there's people who come from your same background who couldn't even grasp what type of consciousness you're on. Yeah. It's threatening. It's like, it's unfamiliar. It's like they don't, yeah, I can't yeah. think like that. That's not yeah. how I think. So it's like, yo, like a, a person who will gravitate towards what a Kanye is doing right now, that's a person who needs direction. That's a person who longs for someone to tell them what to do or what's in. And since he's a person of influence, it's even easier for the people who don't have a sense of direction of self to mm. just tap into that. It's the same way for me prior to me coming into self knowledge of self that I was able to just be in an occult. You know what I'm saying? Not yeah. willingly, but just like, you know. Just you in it. Yeah, just in it. They got you. Yeah, they got me. So it's like, it's not up until you break that chain and you really get conscious, self-aware, mm. present. And you realize like, yo, I govern me. Yeah. Not anything outside of me. I govern me. Self-control stap- taps in with self. Like, if you mm. tap in with self, you govern self. There we go. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, for sure. I want to I wanna touch on something. Just came up to my mind. I got to follow it entrepreneurship i think we're in the age of it to where it's culturally cool yeah it is um and 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 people don't talk enough about what comes with that for me i just pride myself bro to be honest i don't even like giving myself no titles to be completely honest with you i don't even like kind of calling myself an entrepreneur i'm just a dude that's saying yes mm-hmm. i'm gonna say that one more time for people that's not grasping that mm-hmm. I'm, what's the difference? So people always ask me, yo, people always tell me, yo, King Q, you doing your thing. I see you over here, BV, you know what I'm saying? Podcasting, you performing, you traveling, you getting, 
What's the secret? What you doing? Give me some insight. Bro, I'm just saying yes. Mm -hmm. I'm literally saying yes to my intuition. Every single thing that this intuition says gets a yes. Yeah. And whether I'll fuck up along the way, that's a part of the reason I was supposed to say yes. There's lessons in the fuck ups. So me, the difference between me and a you and, and people like us that are saying yes to our purpose is that we're not afraid of the failure that's attached to the yes. Yeah. And there's so many people, bro, that's so scared of being being let down or letting down other people in their family or, or or not standing up to the expectations of themselves. Okay. A lot of us, and I've been guilty of it for a long time and having just very high expectations for myself. You know what I mean? But I say that to say, I want to talk about what goals, what's under the surface in regards to entrepreneurship. Talk to me about some, we talked about some losses, but I want to talk about what, like, like, talk to me a little bit about investment, right? So you're in the clothing industry. How important is it to invest and put up your own money in starting off a company opposed to, well, let me ask you another question. Thank you, God. Intuition. Just, right there, baby. You see what I'm talking in. about? Just he just dropped, dropped me once. So here we go. So look, the visuals, you got to understand it. He said, ask, how important is it for you to allow yourself to learn things on your own along your journey opposed to always reaching out to other people for advice or guidance yeah. before you just jump into it yeah. yourself and learn along the way. Yeah. Talk to me about the differentiations between those two things, if that's a word, and if it's not, who gives a shit? But John Ojo, do you understand the I question? Get it. I get exactly Talk to me about mean, that. Yo. So like, yo, check it. Uh, if, if I'm constantly like going towards somebody else to get insight in regards to something that if it dropped in me first, then let me go with me first. Like, I don't need to necessarily, one thing I do, I'll keep it real. One thing I do, like, if I do have something drop in me, then I'll be sure to tap in with the people's whose opinions I validate, I actually value. I value, yes. You know what I'm yes, saying? Yes, like, yes, I'm not here to just ask anybody. So if I got a homie, like, let's say, like, yo, something dropped in me, and then I talk to you about it, and you give me some sort of confirmation that lines up with <laughs> what I've already been. That's I'm literally like, what I do. I'm that's like, exactly that. All right, I, I was already thinking that. Yeah, so, I just need to you know, hear that I'm confirmation. Like, I just need to hear the confirmation. Gotcha. That's it. But if I'm constantly coming to you like, yo, bro, how should how I you, do this? Or how did you how do did it? You Tell do me it. how you did it. So should I do it? Like, like no, yo, like, you got to put yourself in a position to sink or swim. Because honestly, when you don't have any help around you, that's when you really have to tap into a certain part of your mind to figure your own shit out, yes, yo. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like, let's keep it real. Like, I'm living month to month right now. Yeah. No steady paycheck, but I'm figuring it out. Along the way. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And it's not to say I'm going to be in this position for the rest of my life. It's a transitional period. Mm -hmm. You have to trust the transition just to get to the foundation. That's right. You're going from bank to, you know, you're going from platform to platform. Life is literally about stages. Like, I literally just sat down and thought about this, yo. Like, 10 years ago, I was 19 years old. Mm -hmm. How do you get from 19 to 29? That means you got to live life one day, day at, at a time. time. You have no choice but to live life a day at a time. If you literally sit down, you know, I don't know what tomorrow is, but one thing I do know about tomorrow, I'll be present tomorrow. I won't be thinking about. You'll be about, present in tomorrow. I am here right now. I'm not thinking about yesterday. I'm not thinking about my future. I'm present now because I have to live this day just to get to the next day. Yes, sir. And it's the same thing in regards to like, yo, if I'm constantly going to somebody else to get, yo, how should I handle this? How are you really trusting self? You're not trusting your intuition. You know what I'm saying? You're literally relying on someone else to figure some shit out for you. And it's like, 
One thing pops tell me never put yourself in a position where you're depending. depending on other people. Because then it's very easy to point the finger and say, hey, Yo, but you told you me, told me why, bro, you it told didn't work. Me, why is it working for you, but it's not working for me? So it's like, yo, I'm not you, you not me. And like my my grind can't look like yours. Your come up can't look like mine. You better talk about yeah, it. Yeah, like we're all individuals. Like we're, we are all unique and we all have our own uniqueness about us that we have to hone, tap into and really bring out and foster. So it's like. And quite frankly, I don't want my journey to look like yours. Exactly. I need my grind to be quite, a little quite different. Quite frankly, uh, there's some things, there's some failures I need to go through. I need through, to go through. And yo. I know I need to go some through. Some uncertainties so, I need to so go through. So guess what? I'm about to just jump. I love the ideology of sink or swim. Mm -hmm. That is my mindset to the motherfucking core. Yeah. If I fucking, if I sink, it ain't going to be for long. Nah, real spill. It's just like, You're yo, going to learn how to swim in that process. It's a temporary transition That's for right. me to get my shit together. That's yo. real. That's all. It's, That's a, it's real. like, yo, like. And, you know, I'll praise Nip any time of the day. Yeah. But it's just like one thing that man said before his demise was like, yo, like I felt every emotion for what I'm doing. That's right. Like if you're not feeling every emotion of what you're going through. What you doing? What you doing, yo? Like none of this shit is sweet. Life ain't sweet. You want the answers to everything? Yeah. Like it can't. Like for people, you ever think about people who go to like, uh, not scientists, psychics and shit? Yeah. I want to know what my life going to look like. Like, why, 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 why? You trying to fuck it all up. Yeah, like, just go with the, like, everything's <laughs> yeah. going to figure itself yeah. out. Why yeah. you need to feel like you Am need I to jump? Am I supposed to be with this person for yeah. the rest of my life? Yeah, like, what nah, the just go through, the, go through the course, figure yeah. it out. Yeah. And yeah. boom, like, you know, yeah. like, life ain't meant yeah. to be a book. That's real. You wouldn't have learned anything in school if you would have had that approach. Imagine you know if all, like, I was, um, I, I remember just helping my daughter with homework. Right. And I've taught her from a very, very early age. If you ever try to cheat and and do something that I've told you not to do in regards to trying to figure out an equation or an answer, like try to sneak a calculator mm -hmm. or try to cheat on the person. This is coming from someone who cheated throughout all of school. Tell me about Can it. Can we keep it 100? <laughs> you talk about barely graduating. You're looking at a man right here that's fully in his purpose, a master communicator and connector and didn't even graduate high school. Yeah. So for me... My value does not lie in a piece of fucking paper. Nah. You put me in a room with anybody who got paper, and we're going yeah, at we it. Talk. And you would never, Factual. ever know that your main man, King Q, didn't even finish high school, right? And so for me, it's very important to, to understand if you're trying to cheat the process, because there's a lot of people who've convinced themselves that that, that that way of getting to the top is feasible. Yeah. Like, Every idea that comes to me, I have to go find mentorship in it in order for me to actually put action behind my intuition. Mm -hmm. And and so for me, it's like, no, stop running from that. Allow yourself, like my main man John just said, to go through your process and to go through every emotion. When I was homeless, big dog, that was something that I knew I needed. But that was medicine for me. I'm going to say that one more time. Mm -hmm. Me being homeless was needed because every single day I was present in my experience. And I knew that... Okay, there's no way that I feel this powerful and this called to do work of service for other people without having a testimony to share to them. So if I run from my homelessness and I stay comfortable where I was at, because I did that intentionally, bro. Mm -hmm. I was in a two-bedroom townhouse living by myself, living straight and spacious, living bachelor, single-man life. And for me, I knew that wasn't the type of life I wanted in five years, yeah. in 10 years. So let me start that process now. 
I'm not working for no organization that's out that's not in alignment with my purpose. If it's not within services and uh, servicing other people from the space that I'm looking to service people in, I'm not doing it. Uh, I, I'm done just having a nice car and paying a high ass car note yeah. just to look cool. Yeah. Um, I'm tired of, of of acting like I got it all together, but I'm not putting in no yeah, self work. No I'm not taking no risks in my life. I'm constantly scared. I'm constantly asking for guidance. And so for me, I was tired of that. So I intentionally quit my job and went through that process knowing I was going to be homeless, right? And so during that process, bro, I just embraced it. I knew that that was needed. So all these visions that I have in my mind and seeing these crowds and these stadiums and seeing me being able to touch people and hold seminars and, and, and summits, right, uh, all around the world, bro, I have these visions and I've had them for years. The moment I started to trust those visions, it started to take me to depths that I didn't even know was possible for me to get through. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about depths and alleyways that you would look that I would look, that I would have looked at at that point in my life and said, "There's no fucking way I'm going down there," but I wasn't trusting. So once you stop, so once you surrender to your calling, once you surrender to your purpose, then you're able to actually have those experiences. Nip wouldn't have been able to feel every emotion if at some point in his life he didn't decide yeah, to submit and surrender to the fear mm -hmm. and just say, fuck it, I'm scared, but I'm going anyway. I'm anyway. You know what I'm saying? I'm scared as fuck, but I'm going anyway. And if I fall, I'm not going to die. Yeah. People be acting like they're going to die yeah, if they fail. Yeah. Like, you ain't going to die. A lot of people don't want to deal with the ridicule of knowing. That yeah. they, you know, because a lot of like, you know, one thing I have to learn too in regards to what I'm doing is actually keeping my mouth shut and doing the work. That's right. Let your work to, speak for you. I used to talk before yeah. I did. I'm about shit. to do this. Yeah. I'm about to. Ain't doing and you, that. You never do you it. Ain't got to do that. <laughs> you yeah, never, never yeah. do it. Yeah, you never do it. That's so why like, I say keep the moves quiet. Yeah, keep it quiet, yo. Stack up on the low. Do it. Do whatever it is you need to for yourself. Like it's for you. Social media has definitely gotten to a point where we feel like we need to include people on our day to day lives. Yeah. And it's like, yo, you are still an individual. You could yeah. be that individual in your own life. Like, yo, like the reality is it's people in this room, but we're all living our own experiences in this one world. Yes, sir. So it's just like you still are an individual in this one world. Be sure to know who you are. Like that's the crucial aspect yeah. of all of this. Like self self awareness is like Absolutely. It's everything. Yeah, it's everything. How you know? important is it for black men? to put work in on themselves inside out. So it's crazy, right? Uh, man, I always butcher her name. What is it like? Iana Van Zet, Like, Iana Van Zet, The Fix My Life Lady? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. she crazy. She, she wild. Yo, I fuck with her. I fuck with her. She Half got this book called The Spirit of a Man. Mm. And uh, I'm reading that right now, yo. It's actually yep. really good, bro, because it's, it's, it's from a black woman addressed to black men. Mm. And it was written in like 96 or whatever like that. So you think about like, we're in 2019. How did black men think in 96? Wow. It wasn't even as progressive as it mm. is now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like a lot of the game and information she's putting in there. It's just honestly teaching us how to forgive self. There we go. You know, we make mistakes as men. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody makes mistakes. But a lot of times men aren't cognizant of the mistakes they make. And even if they are, they don't know how to forgive themselves for the things that they've done. They don't know how to they don't know how to see behavior that they've seen as a child, maybe through an uncle or father, and not incorporate that into their own personal mm -hmm. lives. You know, like seeing bad behavior, recognizing it for what it is, and not being that stereotypical quote unquote black dude, nigga, however you mm -hmm. want to spin it. So it's like for me, yo, the self work is very important, like realizing that I'm accountable for me. Any mistakes that I have is on me. You know what I'm saying? 
I'm not here to place blame on anybody else. I'm here to be present with who I am mm -hmm. and address me. Like, it starts with me. Mm -hmm. You know, my mom used to say growing up, like, you can't love me if you don't love yourself. That's right. So it's like, if you're not tapping in with self, you here for everybody. Yeah. Like, you know, anybody yeah. can have they, they little, like, you know, anybody can get you. That's you know, real. You know, That's get you real. up under their skin, however you want to say I'm it. I'm huge know? on that, bro. I'm, I'm huge on the self-work. I think it's needed, especially for people like us that's in the service business. Um, so whether you servicing people through clothes, a message, verbally, YouTubing, podcasting, singing, dancing, mm -hmm. acting, you're in the service business. You're doing what you do in order to make other people feel empowered or inspired or motivated. And so I'm huge on like, yo, bro, I got work to do on myself and I got a lot. Of I got a lot of work. Myself. It's a lifetime and thing. It's like, bro, you got to understand when to pull away from the work of others in order to work on yourself. on yourself. And so I say that to say, if it's anybody out there that's listening to this, this podcast, prioritize you. Mm -hmm. A lot of y'all are prioritizing people and your service of others, which is great. Servicing other people is, is a way of fulfillment. I yeah, get it. But you have to be able to give yourself that same energy that you're giving your company mm -hmm. or your job mm -hmm. or school or work. You have to be able to give yourself that same amount of attention, that same amount of love, yep. that same amount of energy. And if you don't, you'll find that your well oftentimes runs dry. Oh, man, and, and so for me... I'm huge on that, bro. These last five days have been absolutely phenomenal to where I completely like, bro, on day three of the work we was doing, I'm like, fuck it. I'm about to just delete Instagram. Like, I don't even want to oh, be connected. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, at that point now, yeah. dog. I've been deleting the app off and on from my phone. Yes, sir. Bro. But it's like, it sucks because a part of us, for what we do, we need it. We need it. You we know what it. I'm saying? It's we so annoying, bro. Uh, this is one dude who, uh, his name is... Uh, Emery's some Emery but he has this thing called no vacancy in for the folks yeah. who know about it yeah. but he was he was on a podcast and he was saying like yo my retirement plan is deleting my Instagram and as soon as he said that I'm like yo that's I'm taking yes, that sir. and running with yes, it yo sir. like yes, the sir. moment I know I've arrived yeah. is when I ain't gotta tap into social bro that's right. you know that's what I'm right. saying and it's literally my four and no more the people who I want to have constant communication yes, with sir. and whatnot, I'm yes, tapping sir. with them and if you got my number you yes, got my sir. number but yes, like sir. if not I, yeah, I'm living life presently. You. Yeah. I'm conscious. Like, I'm I'm, I'm in, in the it. day. I'm in it. I'm yeah, in it. like, for it, real, for real. I love, yeah. it. I love it. Before we leave, I want you to kind of talk about what your goals are for 2020. Uh, and I'm not talking about from a New Year's resolution standpoint, because I'm one to not believe in those. I don't mm -hmm. believe in New Year's resolutions at all. And I'll tell you why real briefly. Why am I setting out an intention on what to do or how to work or what to work towards and I'm not going to implement that for another two months because it's January 1st when I can do it today. And so I'm asking you from a perspective of goals. You seem like somebody who's a visionary, somebody who has a game plan. Obviously, you one year into the brand, you've seen progress within the last 12 months. Where do you see the brand being within the next 12 months? So for me next year, I definitely want to focus on more of a tangible experience yeah. where, you know, I can have pop ups, but also making sure that. I'm doing my best to really tell a story through the pop-up too. Love it. You know what I mean? Like I feel like the era of like the internet is the internet that I grew up with in regards to like blogs and whatnot yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Like before podcasts, people had blogs yep. where you know yep. you were a personality on a site, you posted the content you liked, people could tap mm -hmm. in with it. Mm -hmm. But there wasn't ever really a tangible experience. I feel like with brands now, since there's so many like young entrepreneur up and coming brands, people 
if they gravitate to your product, they yeah. want to gravitate towards you next. Facts. They want to have that tangible experience where they actually meet you face to face, feel mm -hmm. your energy, so forth, so on. So for me, uh, more releases, but through pop-up installations, Understood. I definitely want to actually have more collaborative efforts with homies who have brands in the States, outside the States, mm -hmm. and bring a pop-up installation there, build with the people. Understood. Uh, just honestly hit the ground running at this point because yeah. a lot of what I'm doing, you can't just bank on the internet. You just can't bank That's on right. you know, your website. You can website. crash tomorrow. You and feel me? A lot me? of people who just relying on it will be You fucked. know what I'm saying? Facts. So it's just like I'm really trying to build towards the longevity aspect of what it is that I'm doing. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. Well, look, man, John Ojo, it's been an absolute pleasure. No, it's bro. Out, bro. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. I think we covered every ground yeah. that we wanted yeah. to. I think we went into some depths that was interesting, That some depths that we have not went into yet on this podcast. I want to shout out my queen again for booking you. Chill. You know, Queen Simone. Y'all got to understand the power in having somebody, a part of your mission and a yeah. part of your journey that's in alignment. A lot of y'all out there are in relationships that y'all know damn well y'all ain't supposed to be in, yeah. but y'all sacrificing your purpose in order to feel loved mm -hmm. when no, sir, I've told myself that I would not be in a relationship with anyone who's not in alignment with my purpose. So now her purpose is in alignment with my purpose and now we mesh and grow together. I just have to throw that out there, mm -hmm. John Ojo. But what I'm saying is this, we always like to end off every episode of the Unselfish Behavior Podcast with what we call an unselfish message to where the guest gets an opportunity to look at this camera right here and end off with an unselfish message from John Ojo, which basically is an ending message that you would like the people to remember, whether about your brand, whether about the interview or what have you. What is John Ojo's unselfish message? I would definitely say my unselfish message deals with self, like uh, people tap in with yourself, yo, spend time with you, make sure you are aware of every feeling and emotion and thought that's racing through your head and deal with it. You know, if you got resentment towards a previous relationship that ended wrongly, family trauma, whatever the situation is, self-love, like self-care is very important. Make sure you put into yourself and build a work ethic, yo. Like if you got something that you're trying to figure out and actually fund or, you know, get off the ground, put that time into it. One thing my big sister always told me is all you got to do is start. Anybody you admire, they start it. And they just kept it from there. So it's just like, put that time in, put that effort in, figure it out. If you want it, get it. It's, it's like, honestly, it's not, there is no excuse. You, you're your biggest excuse. So make sure you don't make yourself your biggest excuse. And, and stay lovely. Shit. And that's a wrap. You know, John Ojo, it's been an absolute yeah. pleasure, brother, full of wisdom. Yeah. I give you nothing but love and light along your journey. And I guarantee you this won't be the last time me and nah. you connect on whatever level it's nah, going to happen. But we're going to connect that's you a damn real. good brother. And I love everything that you're doing and everything that you stand for. We don't end no episodes without shouting out my main man, my business partner, my guy. You know, he's the one that made this possible. That is the one and only Be Visuals. Well, you know, you ain't got nothing without a team. Yeah. What do you really have? This ain't the fucking King Q show. I know a lot of y'all think it is, but it's not. I got a team. Be visuals behind the camera. This man right here is an absolute visionary. We always got to shout out Be Visuals. Listen, and the Queen Simone, you know she behind the scenes, a part of the executive producing team. We got Charlie in the building today. She done fell asleep on us, but that's neither here nor there. John Ojo, one you. more time. Unselfish you, Behavior Podcast. We just getting started, and we out.